This episode is brought to you by Tabletop Dominion, purveyors of handmade dice and artisan gaming accessories. Why not head over to tabletopdominion.com and use the code BELLOW to enjoy 10% off your order. Who knows, maybe you will find your very own blue dice of power. And welcome to the Billowing Hilltop Podcast. I'm here with Derek from the How Not to DM Podcast. Hello, Derek. Hello, everybody. Thanks so much for having me on, Mike. Come in, come in. This is the command pod. Don't be alarmed by anything you see. Take a seat anywhere. Not there. I, not there. That's oh, I was going to say that I, I can't find a seat that doesn't have a bunch of rubbish on it, so I, I'm not sure what you want me to do here. That's not rubbish. That's Paul, one of our players. Derek has come <laughs> to talk to us about the How Not to DM Podcast. Derek, why don't you tell us all about How Not to DM why we would love it, why we should listen to it. Tell us all about it. Yes, so I started the show two years ago and some change because I loved listening to actual play shows, watching actual play streams, but I really wanted to pick the brain of the person running the show and figure out why they were making the decisions they were making and also talk to them about big mistakes they feel like they'd made so that I could learn from them. So that's really what I wanted to highlight. And I feel like I've been successful so far. It's been a lot of fun. I've talked to a lot of really awesome creators from all over the world, you know, from lots of different disciplines, people who are doing actual plays or people who are making dice or designing games, you know, writing their own games, etc. And I really like the humanizing aspect of the show where the people who we may put on pedestals because we think they are really good at something still had to start somewhere and have had a lot of blunders along the way that all of us can learn from so yeah that's that's why i started the show that's how long it's been running i'm entering my fourth season now and so far so good it's a great concept and it's like you say it's not just gms anymore Mm. the other day i was listening to is it travis from dark dice yes Yes. travis from dark dice i was listening to the other day there's a guy called mike from relic of the past who we've had on Mm -hmm. here in the command pod to talk to us before but there's also all sorts the last show was a guy who runs a gaming cafe yeah yeah he's a a local game store owner here in utah uh, where i live he runs games but he also you know owns the world record for the largest DD game in the world that i got to help participate in you know i ran one of his tables so yeah i I talked to all sorts of different folks but all of them have advice on running games how how big was this sorry uh 1200 and i think 27 was the total count yeah okay so okay. my table was well, only five folks but there were you know hundreds of tables oh it's not okay it wasn't like the biggest initiative tracker of all time it was like loads of separate little <laughs> yes yes uh i mean it's bad enough waiting for your turn sometimes right you know? no that would be a year-long you know <laughs> endeavor this was yeah. uh this was yeah. a combat style like field of battle style so he had it broken out into five different areas I was running a table that was defending the wall of the city. And so there were siege engines attacking and, and, you know, they were defending the wall. And then depending on how the wall section of the of the players did, we reported back and then the game would change. And the wall actually fell because not enough people destroyed enough siege engines. Yeah, it was it was a ton of fun. Damn, one of our players will absolutely love that. He ran a campaign, oh, this would be two or three years ago. You know, the Mazalan setting, the Mazalan novels. Uh-huh. I read one of them, I didn't like them. <laughs> but the fantasy novels with a very military flavor. Dan, if you ever listen to this, because you never listen to our own show. <laughs> listen to this bit. You try to find the lessons to learn from the mistakes they've made. Yeah. I mean, in a nutshell, yeah. there's just buckets of material there. Yes, there is. There's quite a few people who've had similar experiences, but luckily, you know, all of my guests have run games in some form or other, 
and all of them have something to share. And I, I like it because, you know, not everyone is going to have the same exact experiences, but I feel like me listening to all of these different stories and, and bits of advice mean that I can take what I like and add it to my own game and just be that much better, that much more engaged, that much yeah. more likely to deliver a good experience to the players. One of my pet hates is DMs that think they know everything Ooh. giving advice on Twitter. <laughs> keep scrolling you know your show is like you've just got so much going on you had a kickstarter right you had a kickstarter i did yes i had a kickstarter last year uh it was called two hot one shot and it's still available now if you want to buy it on drive through or on itch.io uh, but yeah i've been able to run that game recently for some friends and a few folks between that kickstarter last year and now have run it on their own shows too so it's been a lot of fun to to see tell me about the game are you familiar with Hot Ones, the the interview show? Oh, no, that sounds okay. slightly... Um, anyway, that sounds like something you shouldn't Google. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, luckily it is safe. Well, it's relatively safe for work. Hot Ones is an interview show right. based in the US, but they've interviewed people from all over. And the concept is there's one guy, his name is Sean Evans, and he's the interviewer. And then each week he has a new guest on, as interview shows <laughs> tend to go. But the twist is there are 10 chicken wings in front of him and in front of his guest. And the chicken wings... Oh, this is one of those eat, yeah, eat a chili things. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, ascend yeah. In, in hotness order. So the first wing is just your basic buffalo sauce. Uh, I, I, I don't Got think it. buffalo sauce is super prevalent in the UK. When I was living there, I don't think I ever found any. But it, I am sitting in a bucket of it now, but yeah. <laughs> but it, it ascends up to insanely hot sauce. And the goal is, yeah. you know, it's just a disarming part of the interview where someone who, you know, is eating these hotter and hotter wings is more likely to just be themselves instead of the shield they might put up as a celebrity or whatever. Anyway, it's a really fun concept. So my friend and I really like hot sauce and really like the show. And we thought, how could we combine this show with gaming, uh, uh, you know, got, tabletop yeah. gaming? And so we invented a yeah. rule set that would allow you to eat hot wings, basically, to to further the game. And you can bolt that onto <laughs> any system you're playing, whether it's D&D &D 5e, or if it's anything Got that it. kind of involves dice rolling, you can bolt these simple rules onto it. The GM is involved too. Uh, the GM has to eat hot wings also, so everyone gets to sweat together and uh, burn their mouths together. Yeah, It's an extraordinary concept, and how you can keep a straight face as you explain this to me, I do not <laughs> know. So Strange Games with Chicken Wings, which mm. the less I know about... Yeah, really if, you, if you like a cheeky Nando's, this is right up your alley. Your gaming history. Mm. How did you get started? When did you get started? What did you get started with? Yes, uh, it was 5e. I am a child of the 5e. I how are you now? we're coming up on either five or six years. I cannot recall. Yeah. But I was a very imaginative child. My mother, during summer breaks, would make us do multiplication tables sometimes or would make us, you know, just keep up on our schoolwork kind of things. And uh, she started making me write because I detested writing. And she would make me write a page a day to just get used to it and to get over my hate slash fear of it or whatever it was. And uh, I had I just watched Jurassic Park recently. And so I started writing a series of like journal, you know, newspaper style articles about dinosaur attacks in random campgrounds throughout America. Just, you know, imagining what would happen if dinosaurs were loose. And uh, from there, it just really blossomed. I, I decided I loved storytelling uh, so shout out to my mother yep. for forcing me to do something I didn't want to do. 
Uh, and if uh, you don't exercise the muscles, mm-hmm. they don't yeah. they don't work. So it's very smart. So yeah, taking that imaginative, loving to tell stories, loving to improvise, and then all of a sudden my friends invite me to play this game I'd heard a lot about but never touched, knew nothing yeah. about. And then, you know, yeah. I, I sit there for one session and realize the limitless possibilities that, that Tabletop contains. <laughs> I was hooked. Everybody has the same story. Yeah. Some people sit down and after two or three hours, they just think, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah. I'm yes. not enjoying this one bit. But we talked to a self-selected group, right? right? But the people that play, they sat down that one day and they just thought, wait a moment. I'd never thought of this before. It's not impossible to explain to somebody who doesn't know what they're talking about. It's hard. But the only real way to get it is to sit and see it do it yeah and as soon as you do you just go oh hello this is this doesn't stop anywhere yeah i mean that's the common experience (laughs) yes i remember talking to my brother and saying oh we could do star wars or we could do star trek or we could do yeah not knowing that all of these games already existed and have for you know decades but it, it was just that excitement of finding something new and realizing the potential but you play other systems obviously you must encounter all this stuff out there as a result of doing the show yes i have dozens of books that are sitting in a box next to me because I have moved office recently and I need to set up my bookshelf still. But I have dozens of books next to me, only some of which I've actually read through and fewer of which I've played. Yeah. Convincing my group is sometimes hard, but I've gotten the opportunity to play Savage Worlds, which I really enjoyed. Uh, Avatar Legends recently, which I've really enjoyed. Uh, I've written my own mini game system using the Caltrop core called Dig that's kind of based loosely on the novel slash movie Holes. I, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. So yeah, I, I, I've definitely dabbled. No chicken wings or hot sauce involved in that one. Uh, no, this is just D-Force, uh, just okay. pool D-Force system. Yeah. If I look to my uh, right here in the command pod, I can just see a shelf of stuff. Yes. Some of which we've played, some of which we've not. You've got limited time. Yes. We record every week. We've been playing this bloody thing for four years we meet twice a year for about three or four days and just play loads of other stuff anything but what we play for the show yeah i remember seeing pictures it looks really nice was it in scotland that you met last it's in england we tend to hire relatively cheap (laughs) hire cheap places where they don't ask many questions because the person that rented you the house might come around and see what you're doing and things have moved on but they haven't moved on that far if you're playing Shadowrun and you've got little cars and stuff laid out on the table, I think that they think you're planning a bank robbery inside <laughs> the place. If I had to suddenly come up with an explanation, oh. I would rather pretend to be some kind of master criminal yeah. than explain what I was really doing. Yeah. Arguing about whether or not my elf can teleport. <laughs> they listen in and they hear the job you're plotting. Yeah, that's... Uh... <laughs> can you tell us a little bit about where people can listen to How Not to DM, every podcast app imaginable? Do you do video or are you on YouTube? Do you stream? Do you... Yeah. Uh, Whatever. I haven't delved into streaming. Again, the time factor, like you mentioned. I have a young family. Yeah. I've got a, a day job. Yeah. I've got this show that I do. So streaming has not ever popped up as, as something no. that sounds doable to me. But if you're listening to Billing Hilltop now, the likelihood that you can also listen to How Not to DM on the same platform is very high. Yeah. There's all still posted on YouTube. So if you like YouTube or you, you, know, you want to see faces with your show, that is also... Uh, available i have started moving my show to a channel called t4c so i know t4c hamilton uh yeah hamilton hamilton works with them as well yep i saw him last year is he as handsome in person as as he looks he's a deeply beautiful man Mm. derek Mm -hmm. yeah the feedback we've had derek is firmly that nobody wants to see our faces 
Yeah, no one asked for my face either, but but here we are. So you're on YouTube, you're on every podcast I've imaginable, including the one that you're listening to this now on, dear readers. Mm-hmm. I think we have everything we need to know, unless you think of something else. Uh, Linktree.com slash HN, the number two DM, is where you can find all of the links. Ah. You can find that Kickstarter uh, that's available on either DriveThru or Itch, or you can find yeah. my show... You can find some of the other guest appearances I've done on on some other shows. So that's everything you need to know about how not to DM. And the links to all of this stuff will be in the show notes. Thank you very much, Derek. Thanks for coming in to the Command Pod. Readers, as always, we love it when you rate or review us on your podcast app of choice. You can find us on social media, on Twix, at Billowing Hilto, no P, because Paul forgot to pay for it. We're on Threads, we're on Blue Sky, we're on Instagram, all at Billowing Hilto. If you're old, you can find us on Facebook. If you're really old, you can email us at hello at billowinghilltop.com. That's it. Thank you, Derek. Thank you. I have no other news or information, so let us push on with episode 164 of the Billowing Hilltop podcast, Sure Shot. Good evening, everybody. Good evening. I'm here with Dan and Graham. Hi. Who's still assembling that figure from last week. Uh, (laughs) The corpulent form of Johnny. Good evening. Easing himself into his specially adapted high chair. The diodetastic Paul and master of spinography. <laughs> Lucas. Should we do a quick recap? Yeah. Should Just I roll the dice? Looking around the table from my left to my right, I'm going to roll a d10. And delivering the recap this week, it is Paul. Paul, yes. will you please catch us all up with where we had got to last time? Right then. Last time we met with Lashana, she revealed quite a lot about what is going on. And basically the story says, we've got to go to this island surrounded by this magical storm in order to try and track down the phylactery of the Dragotha uh, Lich. And so we all went to Evenstar very quickly to pick up their long-awaited for magical item. And then we went to Marcus Dubriger's pad, picked up, didn't literally pick up, got on board the spot conquer and mm. have spent a day traveling and going underneath the violent storm to arrive at yes. this island of name to be inserted here. Tilagos. Exactly. How was that? I have to say that was pretty good, Paul. Thank you very much. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Not bad, considering I actually wasn't paying not attention bad. for most of it. I can't think of anything that I need to fill in, apart from the fact that we ended things with an arrow streaking out Ah, from the shadows of what looks like the entrance to a kind of, I don't know, a maze or warren made up of blocks that rise out of the island's interior up into the cloud base of the storm. And the arrow streaked towards us and then changed direction and turned flameless. Yeah, and it lands in the sand at your feet. Um, attached to it as a note ooh. and on that note it just says roll nice. initiative oh, those words and I will roll I roll blow a 10 again once again hold on how come Sessions got 23 and then he got 17 you think you know somebody 23 or 17's fine now. 5 dead first purple you got Uncle Buggy Six. God, this map's on such an extraordinary scale. Okay, sessions on 23, Parker on 22, something's going on 20, Scaly on 8, yep. Buggy on 6, Purple on 5. Sessions on 23, it's your turn. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the arrow that snaked out of the darkness <laughs> uh, shot past you. It's, out and it's been sizzled months. into the sea. It's been months since we've done this. 
And Sessions is first. Brilliant. It's going to be the usual Sessions dilemma of it. going first. What's yeah. it to be, Graham? Yeah. Um, Ray Initiative at advantage for some reason. Um. And he really doesn't want to. <laughs> yes. Because it just makes his life a nightmare. Yeah, you have to make a decision. Put down, his, put down the mini. Put down the glue. Yeah. Okay, so uh, since I was... Okay, I'm gonna, there's some boats, yeah? There's something I can nip behind for cover? Yeah, there's hundreds, it says in the description. I think looking at the map, I would think that's an exaggeration. Let's say tens of fragments of hulls scattered across the beach. Okay, I'm going to nip down behind this boat here, that like a boat, and take some cover. Yep. Yep. And then I'm going to... The little squares ten foot, yeah. Big squares ten foot. Big squares, Big squares ten, ten foot. foot. Little squares five foot. Just as yeah, yeah. as you would expect. Okie dokie. And then I will cast spell. But I might cast a spell and then nip down. Let you think about it. Probably makes more sense to do it in that sequence. Uh, I would like to do um, a poo. Uh, no, <laughs> I would like to do. Why do I aid at third level? Which right. gives me up to three creatures, the bonus ten hit points. So I nice. will do that on Scaly and Buggy and myself. Thank you very much. Thank you. And then I'm taking cover. Let's move straight on to on 22. If it is the real Parker, fuck it. Right. Well, I'm going to cast Long Strider. Yep. And then I'm going to skim across the beach past Sessions. Mm-hmm. So that yes, running along the actual shoreline from running along the shoreline the west to east. Yeah, yeah, west yep. to east, so and I can get to there so that and I have a view straight ahead through to National Radio Awards. Yep, where the um, yeah you can see the yep, creature or whatever it was. To you. I can reveal a bit more. You can see into the maze a little bit more. Yeah, can't see anybody, but then you can see where they might be. Yes, good. That's me done. On 20, something else happens. Another arrow comes arcing out. Let's see whether or not this one does any better. It's complicated high-level NPC time with Mike B. An arrow emerges from the shadows, from the depths of the maze, and starts heading for... Running left to right. A purple. Marvellous. It starts Judge Dread Lawgiver Seeker Bullet style, weaving its way out of the darkness, out of the shadows, through the bits of wreckage on the beach, and heading for you. Can you give me a dexterity save, please? Mm-hmm. DC. I have no idea. Oh, here we go. DC equals. Oh, plus the thingy. Plus the. Uh, uh, uh. A DC 15 dexterity save, please as this arrow tries to hunt you down. So made it. You only take half of, really not very much. I wouldn't. <laughs> you take uh, nothing. seven, eight. You take six points of damage. Half. Does it matter what kinds is, is of damage? Half? Yes. You take half of 12. Yeah. Of which three was force damage and three was uh, arrow. <laughs> arrow, <laughs> damage. Damage. arrow damage. My arrow damage. Pointy damage. I'm probably too late here, but can I use my reaction? Reby the thing. Is it whenever you're hit? Is it an attack? Shield spell. Yeah, Didn't but roll hit that, it, did add it. your armor class. 
It's a saving throw. It's a saving throw. Yeah. It's it says you take no damage from magic it's missile. Magic missile. It's an actual arrow. Okay. Just wondering about the force damage. That's fine. Just like a homing arrow. Fine. The force damage is something yeah. else okay. that I don't understand. Okay. Because I don't understand anything about the creatures that you are currently engaged with. I have absolutely no idea how they work or what they do. Okay. But for the moment, luckily, I can move on. And it is Scaly on 8. Scaly on 8 is going to cast... He's going to take an action, cast haste on himself. And then for his second action... What's movement like in terms of running? I mean, is it because of all the debris? Is it half speed or is it what? I don't think so. Doesn't, there's nothing here to tell, me that, to tell me that it's difficult ground per se. You have to take a quite zigzag route around all of these little bits of wreckage, but I don't think the actual ground itself is difficult to run across. It's just a beach. Although anybody who's ever gone running along a beach will know that that is not true. All right. I think it's fair enough to assume that if I move up to the wall, kind of beyond the wreckage, which is... Yep. Let's keep this all abstracted, but you're moving up to one of the great towers. Yeah. So it's straight line as a crow flies it's 55 foot I've got a move currently of 80 foot I would assume that that's kind of yeah that looks there fine, there to, that fine to me He's I've revealed a bit more maze to you Scaly you yeah. can't see any creatures that arrow came out curving out from the darkness over here so right on six it's ugly buggy oh I dozed off then sorry <laughs> what's been going on arrows are strictly out of the darkness from... of the maze the guys right. are running up the beach towards okay. the maze um, I will run up alongside a Scalio tool. So at the beginning of saving yep. Private Ryan. I will Ryan. draw the axe of the timber Yes, it dark. is a bit, yeah. Um, I won't yes. activate it, but I'll, I'll draw it out. Please, <laughs> please don't activate the mist. Oh, um, can please I see any better where it is? No. Now that you are where you are, I've revealed a bit more. Mm. And you can see into the general area where these arrows have been emerging, but you can't see deeply enough into the shadows to see any source. Okay, so there's On multiple. Five, yeah. It's purple. Purple is going to... So where did the arrow come from? From your point from of view, purple, it came snaking along. If you're at ground level, you can't see very much. All you can see mm. are the kind of hulks of ship hulls towering around you. It came basically after you, like taking right and left turns, turned the corner, and just basically headed for you. Your sense is that it's coming from your northeast, out of the right-hand end of the maze area, the shadows in the maze. The shadows in the maze. Part one, my new fantasy trip. Um, okay, well, I'm going to cast haste. I'm going to cast haste on myself. Yeah. And I'm going Got to... It. Fly yes. to behind right up to a pillar, one of giving yourself pillars. cover from the pillar yeah. from yeah. the rest of the maze. Gotcha. On 23, we're back round to the top of the round. Round two, it's sessions. Okie dokie. I am going to cast invisibility on myself. Yes. And then I'm going to fly. I'm going to fly over the wreck that's in front of me, head up the beach yeah. to about. 20, 20 feet behind Burple and slightly to his southeast. Got it. And I found sort what, of nestled in some wreck. Yeah, so I'm fly up over and then down again. On 22, it's Parker. Parker? Yeah. So it's you. Uh, also move up the beach. I yep. can basically get to parallel 
to the same level as purple and scaly and Bugraft are. Not quite behind the wall, but now, but with a view through this small gap between where purple is and the larger wall. Can I see anything? Oh, I'm just going to look at that. Don't know that you can see much that's particularly no. useful. I'm going to reveal a little bit more. I'm going to reveal a little bit more. I'm going to say that twice. <laughs> there. Yeah. You can see the gap open up a little bit on 20. Unless that's anything else, Parker? Nothing from the dessert trolley? No, actually, just thinking about it, I can, as I'm not going to take nope. an action, nope. I will actually move up to right behind the wall. So I've got cover of the wall. Yeah, yeah. That's a little bit of creme brulee just right there. A little bit of creme brulee there, yes. Uh, <laughs> brought to your table. The next thing that happens is it's 20, and on 20 things happen. The first thing that happens on 20 is that snaking from the wreckage behind you come tendrils. Oh, Let's start Scaly. From a? almost directly to your south, <laughs> to your southwest. From under the shadows of, you know, uh, David Copperfield, the, the house made of the boat on the thing? No, you don't. No. Anyway, no. so these bits of hulk from the recesses snake these tendrils. Scaly, I'm going to roll to hit you with a set of tendrils. Tendrils or tentacles? It's a tendril. Thank you. There's an awful lot of tendril action about to take place. What's your armor class? Oh, uh, Maka. My armor class with the haste. Yes. He's going to be 20. Okay, here we go. Tendril number one, it's armor class. To lose dice of power, it's armor class 23. Fucking hell. You can get your own blue dice of power, uh, readers from tabletopdominion.com. <laughs> uh, use the code below. Sorry, who, who's gaining the benefit of this, by the way? The uh, oh, oh, second attack, 20. 20. Natural 20. Alrighty. It's a critical. Do I get to draw a card? Let's roll to see if I confirm. Uh, nope, not good enough. Third attack by a tendril. This is fourth attack by a tendril. Oh, no, it's another critical. As I say, 10% off is another 20. Do I draw a card for this tendril? I don't. Don't draw a card. So, okay, let's do the tendrils, and then we'll do the rest of it. Starting with the tendrils, and everybody gets a tendril. Don't feel left out, everybody else. Everybody gets a tendril. You are grappled and restrained, Scaly. The tendrils drag you towards their source. Yeah. 25 feet. You see Scaly Buggy just go, Aah! and he's just dragged into the shadows under this bit of um, wrecked hulk. Funny. And it's time for Chompy. Something's in uh, those shadows, Scaly. Chompy. And the Chompy, chompy thing chompy. is going to chomp your Chompy face with its Chompy 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 chompy. <laughs> chompy. 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 It's time for a Chompy fun. Ooh, okay. Could be. Got, yeah. Oh, dear. Oh. A Katobla press. With Chompy thing. <sighs> hitting you for... Might as well roll. Might as well roll. Hey, they, give you a, they give you a shorthand damage. I think it's boring. Well, I think it's a Roper. Yeah. Take the following first Chompy Rokers. damage. What? Ouch. 26 points of jumpy damage. You are restrained and grappled. The strength saves everything, you know, all of that stuff. You'll have to look up those conditions, but you probably don't have much of a dexterity bonus to your armor class. You're at disadvantage on a loads of stuff. You're in the dark shadows under a thing, and something is eating your head. Let's move on to Uncle Buggy. Four tendrils on you. What's your armor class, Uncle Buggy? Nine. First one was an 18 <laughs> anyway. Hits. I'm across 19. Uh, second one um, 
is a miss on a one, and that ends its turn unless it gambles. I don't think it's got the brain to gamble. You are dragged into the shadows of the thing, I Buggy. I thought that ended its and turn. And it's... Oh, good point. But you are grappled, Buggy, by this thing. You're restrained and whatever. Straight onto Burple, issuing from the wreck to yourself. And the first tendril hits uh, armor class sod all. What's your armor class? Hit second second tendril, one I'm going to cast. I'm going to use my reaction to cast shield. Yeah. Bumping your armor class up by 25. So it missed by one. And But it continues attacking, right? Yeah. Third tendril misses. And the fourth tendril, I roll a miss. That shield was very, very useful. No, I need to use. Parker. I need to use another shield spell. Oh no! It lasts. It lasts the round. I no, thought it, it lasts. Doesn't it? Last. Yeah, last till. Yeah, exactly. Last till the end of your turn, or whatever it is. Or well, that's of, why I took your, it, Mike. To the beginning of your next turn. Yeah, I read it, and you've got your two swords, right? Yes. Hmm. I don't know that you can cast it. Thinking about it, it's got a somatic component. <laughs> Sorry. First thing I saw, mm. which made me laugh. Not quite out loud. Which means that if you've got a sword in each hand, you can't cast it as a free Unless action. I drop one of my swords. That would have to be a reaction. Wouldn't okay, I tell you what. Dropping a sword. Well, that's that's the thing. I'm going to be nice, and I'm going to say that you did it this time, but your sword is on the ground. But in future, I don't mm, think okay. you're supported. I'll that. just draw I think you one have to sword in future. Have one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Sessions. I'm invisible. You're invisible. You're left alone, Parker, snaking mm. out from the wreck to your south. Hitting armor class, ooh, 26 with the first tendril. Um, you are grappled. I'm going to use a lucky point. To make me re-roll. Yes. When an attack roll is made against you, you can spend one to roll an additional d20 and you choose which die to use. Okay, so I roll again, then you pick the lower number, right? Yeah. And I roll a 16 with the second one, plus 8, uh, which is 24. still a hit. Okay. It's so a one. one. It's yes. round is ended and you are grappled. Now let's do some arrows flying out of the darkness. Two arrows come out, homing arrows. We're going to roll randomly to see who they go for. They can go for any one of you, including Sessions, for reasons that I'm not going to get into. Uh, the first one heads for Buggy. Buggy, can you give me a dexterity save? DC 16, please, as an arrow snakes out of the darkness and finds its way towards you. I'm grappled, am I? Oh, I think you make saves. At, let's have a look at grapple. Does that mean that in restraint, does he make saves at a disadvantage? Just say its oh, speed so. becomes zero. Can't benefit from any bonus to its speed. And then what about restrained? Are we restrained? Yep. You're grappled and restrained. on dexterity saving throws. Hmm. Someone's thought well about this, haven't they? Um, about setting up these so, monsters. Um, but I do get dexterity advantage because I'm a barbarian against effects that you can see. While so it might. evens itself out, so you just roll a straight roll. Straight DC 16 dexterity. Okay. That's a oh, one, but a that one. I'm a hobbit. You can re-roll it. I hobbit. Yeah, am yeah. tempted to do, get some bad rolls, dice rolls out, but I won't. Just keep the keep the game moving. <laughs> oh, <fuck laughs> you, can, you can't re-roll another one, right? <laughs> That's another one. You just should have got that bad advice. Um, what Can about you? an oot? Know, you tell me. What about oot? Yeah, do you want to use your oot dice? Yeah, I'll use an oot. Nobody wants to jump in and help Johnny here. Nobody? What, do you use their oot dice? Nobody? Okay, fine, no, I fine, fine. I, okay, off you go. So yeah, I just roll, roll again and then I, what was it, 1d10, did you say? Yep. Okay, you, you ace it. Yeah. You take 
half of the following damage. I mean, I really just don't know if that was worth the naught dice, is really my point. You take one... You take two points of damage. One of them was force damage, one of them was arrow damage. And then the other one goes for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ending on Parker. One, two, it's Scaly O'Toole. Scaly, it's a DC 16 dexterity save at disadvantage as this thing snakes in to get you. Well, oh, see you, Daisy. You take the full damage. Two points of force damage and 11 points of arrow damage. So 13 points of damage. Right. Yeah. Now, there's some movement. You can't see anybody moving, but you can hear the rapid padding of footsteps and some guttural... It's almost like they developed a kind of code or something. A series of pre-agreed sounds that Parker signals. Parker won't understand. But like a party. Parker will understand it. Parker, you can make a little bit of sense of it. Mm-hmm. It's not a language per se, but I think it would be cruel of me not to give it's you a, a advantage from what you have. Yeah. In very general terms, it's spread out, go round, outflank. That's basically what you're hearing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next it is Scalio Tool on eight. Now, let me talk to you about your options. Okay. You can either... It's an escape DC 15. You can make a strength athletics check or a dexterity... The other one check. Anybody remember? Uh. Wiggly wiggly check. It's like a wriggle free check. Or athletics. Yeah. I can never remember. Acrobatics or athletics, I think. There we go. Thanks, Johnny. That sounds right to me, actually. Or there's a DC, but you're at disadvantage. Or I cast a spell with a verbal component. Yeah, you can cast a spell with a verbal component. Which I think is probably the better thing to do. I'm going to cast Misty yep. Step. Okay. And I think what I'm going to do is Misty Step next to Buggy. Buggy's currently restrained, yep. Yeah, but the good news about that, that's a bonus action, is yes. I have my giving people bonuses to their saves. You have your giving people bonuses to their saves. Aura of protection. Anybody within 10 foot gets plus 3 to all saving yep. throws. But I can also but now go and whack at the tendril. On Uncle Buggy? On yes, Uncle you can. Buggy. So I will attack using my massive chopper. Right. Tell me what armor class you hit. I will hit armor class 21. It's a hit. It's a hit. How much damage did you do? Oof, bloody hell. No, you severed the tendril. There you go. 17. Yeah, you slash through the tendril and buggy is free. There you go. Anything else from you, Scaly? I am then... I've got... Dessert trolley? Well, I've still got a move action because I've used a bonus Mm. and an attack. Yeah. I'm going to run around into where I think the tours where the arrows are coming from. Let me reveal a bit more of what you can see as you run into that area of the maze. Off to your east, you can see that there's a channel. You can it's see a kind a of... like a poter dungeon, doesn't it? It does, yeah. Band stretching up. So you're in an area, like a little... almost like a courtyard. On your right, there's a single pillar. You can't see behind it. There's a gap between it and a little wall to your north. You can see around it, but you can't see behind the little wall to your north. And you can see a little bit up into the recesses. You can't see anybody actually... There. I've got more movement. Okay, well, use it. I'm going to... Where are you going? Further up. Further up still. Okay, you can see a little bit more. So I'm heading in a kind of an, a northeast direction, basically trying to find this the arrow, source of the arrows. Yeah, well, you do find something, which we'll get to in a moment, because you can see up a long channel that has opened up before you, and you can see an individual 
place for your perusal. You. It is an orc. An orc carrying a bow. Brilliant. Well, I'm particularly surprised you to learn. I can imagine it's standing there. in that yeah. north-south channel that you've opened up by running round to your right. It looks a little bit cross to see you, but there we go. It looks like it knows what it's doing. Is that it for you, or any more? That's it, as far as I can tell, unless I've got a re- I don't have a reaction, so that's fine. Tis me. On six, it's Uncle Buggy. Are these tentacles coming from south? Are they... Yeah, they're things that must be in the wreckage. It's upturned boats that are slightly raised up from the beach because, whatever, there's prongs and masts and spars and stuff, leaving a kind of little gap underneath and a dark recess, and the little tendrils are snaking out from under there. Okay, so I reckon... your height, Buggy, you can see some beady little eyes looking out at you. Yeah, I don't like ropers, because my cousin... Is it cousin? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Nephew. Got nephew. Uh, nephew. Eaten by one. So Did. I don't really Had like his face eat. But I think they've got uh, probably got a 30-foot, I'm guessing 30-foot reach. So rather than going and fighting them, which is what I was going to do, I think I'll just run, run away from them. And I'll head over to where Paul is. Uh, it's about there. Five, ten... Fine. I'll That's go, close enough. I'll go there. Um... I'm heading in the same direction as Scaly, so to the northeast, yeah, away from into the, the but a big open area that Scaly's got into. Yeah. Yeah. Can I see down to the northwest? Yes, you can see a little further. Let me reveal a bit more for you. Yeah. I think you can see somebody actually. I'll run into that There's space. A person, round to your northwest, into that gap. Mm, I bet there's a pit trap. Uh, well, okay. Um, I'm just thinking something that just drops out the sky could be a meteorite. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm running. Or I'm running north. Uh, a disease. <laughs> yep. I'm running north, but I'm sort of <laughs> hugging the, the wall. Oh. Five, ten, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five. Does it hug you back? Can I see any more? Yeah. I've switched on the smoke. Oh, oh. God. Why? All right. Okay, so nobody can see you, but you can see. No, right. right. I'll make sure I'm not in the way of anybody. Yeah. All they can see is a cloud of smoke running up. Oh, I think you can they see. They can still hit you. You realise that? 15, we now can't see that. them, but they can still hit you. No, I just said I'm going. So it's not going to be. I'm not going to get in the way of everybody. But they can't hit me. They just need to nominate someone. These are homing arrows. They can't. Don't, <laughs> don't you need a line of effect or something? Can't. Can't. Your experience thus far has been that they snake out of the darkness and then basically seem to pick somebody and then do whatever they need to do, turning corners, going wherever, in order to get to the person that they've picked. But they've got to pick them. I don't know. They can't see me. All they just see is a load of smoke. Sessions. They could pick sessions. They could hit us even though we're we're hidden behind pillars. They can still get you. But now we can't attack them. All right. I'll switch (laughs) it on then. (laughs) What can I see? Any more? Is that it? You can see another figure. You can see another I figure, another going. archer. Five, There's another 30. archer. You can just make out the kind of corner of a foot or something as you barrel your way up and you open up a bit of a vista to your northwest. You can see a figure, just a little bit of a figure. Do you want to keep moving to get yeah. the proper view of them? 75, 80. So you move moving. 80. Yeah. I think we should party okay. with these creatures. Tell them to stop, otherwise we will Is kill Is that where you're them. ending up? Well, I can keep moving. I've got, I've got another, like, 50 feet movement or something. Just... I'm going to just reveal stuff as we go. You can now see all of that. 
This is exciting radio. Mm. No other hostiles that you can see. Do you want to keep moving? Yeah. Now you can see loads. And you can see some more hostiles. 300. They're more archers. There's a couple hanging at the northern extreme of the area that you've opened up to your site. There's another okay. right at the back. So you've got a kind of row of three archers and an archer to your northwest. That's what you can see. Okay, and then I'll move back a bit around this corner. <laughs> <laughs> okay. On five, it's purple. Dan, 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 Dan. Dan, Dan. A bit far. I'll s- no, it's time. Um, so, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You're running up into the space that's been opened up by Scaly and Buggy, penetrating the maze, two. deeply penetrating its outer extremities. You can see Scaly off to your right. Well, you can smell Buggy. You can still smell. He's still got <laughs> Asmodee's meal squashed down in his doublet. It's like a protective layer. It's really starting I must to have eaten that by now. <laughs> oh, God, have you eaten it all? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a After a day or so, for it to really tenderize. Wearing a suet pudding. let it rest. Just uh, dressing yourself. Suet pudding. All this thing with resting. Resting meat is something that Paul will be annoying about. Why? Um, because it just gets longer and longer and longer. It used to um, be, you let it sit there for a bit or whatever, and then it's like, you've got to let it properly rest. You've got to let the fibres, whatever. And then it's, it's like a couple of hours. What day is it going to be? Let's have a taste of this delicious... Oh, it's stone cold. No, well, okay, Mike, some Mike. people say you've got to let it rest for as long as you've cooked Burps it. Burps is running up. Run into the heart of I the maze. See this bad guy. Northernmost of the... Yeah. Tucked up against the side of a it's monolith. It's 60 foot away from me. Yeah. I'm going to cast Dissonant Whispers on it. DC right. 17 Wisdom Saving Throw. It's going to fail the saving throw. It's all right. You don't need yeah. to worry about any of this. It's a Wisdom Save. Okay. DC 17 Wisdom Save. You never know. Blue Dice of Power. It saves oh with an 18. God. Where it takes <laughs> half of 17. So annoying. So it still, still yeah. takes 8 Wonder Damage. Eight points of psychic damage, and yeah, no, I doesn't will bother it very much. Continue moving up to up there to the orcs, for God's sake. Just, just, Must be dead. just remember, within ten foot from me, plus three in your save. Yeah, I, I will. Hang on, I will go. <laughs> so you're going to go before the? No, you're not. One, two, three, four towards Scaly. You're running back automatic next to Scaly to try get every yeah. within fifteen Anyone feet. within. Mm. I'm within 10 feet. I can't get Sessions any closer. Sessions on 23. Shit. Sessions on 23. <laughs> Sorry, no, I won't. I'll go north. I'll go Oops. north. You didn't know that. There's no roof here, right? There's a roof of storm. Sessions. There's a cloud base in 60 feet. Yeah, but there's no... These are pillars, like a maze, yeah, but they're pillars. Yeah. It's not they're a pillars reaching up into the clouds. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, I am going to fly up over the walls and land on this pillar straight in front of me. So you're going me. up into the storm clouds at the top? Yep. I'll, well, no, I'll go along the ground. I'll go over the rock, mm-hmm. through this kind of uh, opening next to Parker, across the courtyard, yes. and up onto the top of this yes. pillar here. The tops of the pillars go into the storm. Oh, do they? That's what 100% we just said. clear on this. Okay, then I the will... The cloud base is 60 feet. And the things go up 60 feet, do they? You don't know how far they go up. They disappear into the at roiling 60. electric oh, a bit dodgy. lightning sparkled clouds. Sounds at a bit 50 dodgy. feet, I'm beneath the um, storm cloud, yeah? 10 feet below the okay, cloud that's base. Where yep. I'll go to. 
Okay. 50 feet up, but very near Scaly. So we've got Scaly and Sessions in the first open courtyard area of the maze. Mm -hmm. Sessions is 50 foot up. 50 foot up. The second section of the maze, as it opens up into a kind of more of a warren, we've got Uncle Buggy and Burple. And at the outside of the maze, with his back to the wall, uh, like an FBI agent about to go into an apartment, <laughs> on 22, it's Parker. So I was looking for something clever to do to attack this creature but I can't see anything other than basically, if I understand you correctly... You restrained, Parker. Yeah, an acrobatics yeah. check to free acrobatics myself. Or that acrobatics or athletics. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Here we DC, go. Yeah. Um, 13. Isn't there a... It's is a roll against your sufficient. acrobatics, mate. There is a set DC, this creature, and that set DC is higher than the number produced Can you do freedom of movement spell? Parker. What? No, can I you can't. do freedom of Can you use your luck to roll again? Yes, uh, that's what I was just about to say. Use your to use my lash. Yeah, we're, we're, we're close to the end. Use your roll again. Uh, that would be 17. Oh, that's enough. You oh, have yeah, escaped well, the clutches yeah. of the tendril. Now what do you want and to do? And then I'm going to move. Hmm. Run away. Run away. Run away. I'm going to basically move between sessions and <laughs> next to Scaly. And then I'm going to... This is not making an enormous amount of sense to you readers, but then we've got a kind of... Well, okay, I'm going, going to move to next to yeah, Scaly. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm perfectly happy. Yeah, yeah you're yeah. moving up to stand next to Scaly. So session Scaly. Do the and then... Got it, got it, got it, got it. Got it. Yep. Finally, I was going to say, free trolley? action to say to these creatures, if you continue to fight us, we will kill you. Better to... Surrender and Stop attacking us and... We will pay you as guides. Mike, can, can you remind me what, who was on the boat? There were, were there any orcs on the boat? Yeah, loads of orcs Yeah, on the boat. And these look like them, do they? Were they wearing an, a uniform or something? They're wearing, yeah, wearing like sailors' uniforms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if that makes it well, easy. Well, they might be, you know, they might be hired. Yeah, those, they've got those hats, the flat hats with the little ribbons yeah. on <laughs> There's no way they'd find They could be they could well be the orcs it's that you saw crewing the ship in the fish line. Captain Pugwash. Well That's my round anyway. You hear a voice ring out from the shadows of the maze, Parker. It says Well no, shipmates. Well now, Maharis. Sounds like this kin of ours is making us an offer. What think ye? Do we parley or do we continue to fight? You parley. In unison, <laughs> a crowd of orc voices shouts, well, we'll find out. What <laughs> 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 oh, I set you up good well, on that one, didn't I? Return to the maze of Tilagos and the funny running around the orcs and the ropers in the ships and all of that stuff. And it is nice to get back to initiative and fightiness fightiness when we pick things up next week mm -hmm. yeah mm. we we are much more fighty, fighty. This kind of thing, aren't we? oh it's just like being wrapped in the duvet isn't it <laughs>
The Billowing Hilltop podcast is a Billowing Hilltop production. Dungeons and Dragons is a trademark of Wizards of the Coast. The Library of Last Resort and Age of Worms are copyright Paizo. The Library of Last Resort was written by Nicholas Logue. Music is from Kevin MacLeod and Incompetech.com and is used with thanks under the Creative Commons license. Additional music and sound effects come from the wonderful Sirenscape. All other original material is copyright Billowing Hilltop. Role-playing games are all about getting people together and we use Roll20 as our tabletop, the perfect place to host your game and Discord to host our chat. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.